indeed there are uh, signs all around us. We, uh, we see those signs in, in so many ways. You know, the signs of uh, God's good work are all around us. During Advent and Christmas, we, uh, we stand at attention to notice them, more so than at any other time of the year. In spite of everything that swirls around us, and let's admit it, there is a lot that swirls uh, this, uh, this season of the year, that which threatens to divert our attention. We, uh, we regardless, want to, to stand at attention. We want to stay the course. We want to hear from God. All along, God has provided signs that have pointed those who are faithful to the very things that he wants to get across. We will be asking ourselves a number of times throughout this Advent season, what is it that God is trying to say to us? And what are the signs God is putting in front of us to help direct us to a deeper understanding of his will for our lives? This Advent and Christmas season, we'll be uh, talking a lot about about signs, particularly those signs that were prophesied centuries ago. During the upcoming weeks, we will be uh, studying from the prophet Isaiah. The prophecies of of Isaiah inspired and challenged the the people of his day, just as those same prophecies uh, challenge and inspire the people of our day. Isaiah does a particularly effective job of pointing us to the signs that that witness in the midst of a wayward and, and, and sinful world. Isaiah, above all the prophets, sees those good purposes coming together in the promised Messiah. I learned a long time ago that the prophetic has a lot less to do with foretelling and a lot more to do with uh, forth-telling. The, the prophet's job is, is not so much in predicting the future, but sharing the way and will of God. So the prophecies that we'll be studying from Isaiah over the next few weeks no doubt have a degree of prediction to them. They look forward to the coming of the Messiah. Those same prophecies, though, share God's heart when it comes to his desires for all people for all time, including our time, including you and me. So let's hear one of those prophecies here today. We read from uh, Isaiah, the second chapter, verses 1 through 5. Isaiah 2, verses 1 through 5. Let's hear this from God's word. This is what Isaiah, son of Amuz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as the highest of the mountains. It will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge 
between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is God's word. May it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we uh, hear this word read, but as we make effort now to take this word and apply it to our lives. May God bless us all. Peace is an elusive thing. We have known that all too well over the past weeks in the midst of all the social unrest that has taken place. You and I make stabs at peace. We dabble in peace, but never seem to to fully achieve it. We are quick to to sing, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me, but fail to recognize that peace. When you consider the state of affairs around the world, we are left to wonder if peace is even attainable. The Society of International Law in London states that during the the past 4,000 years, there have been only 268 years of peace in spite of countless numbers of peace treaties. Our scripture for today offers a glimmer of hope when it comes to peace. It speaks of days when uh, the peoples of the earth will, will beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. A day when nation will, shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. The old spiritual puts it this way. We're not going to study war no more. not going to study war no more. With so much conflict and ill will abounding, we have come to, to think that peace is not just elusive, but that it really is just next to impossible. I've always been captivated by the, the story of when war stood still. It was Christmas Eve. 1914, during the early days of World War I. The story is best told by by Stanley Weintraub in his book, Silent Night. You may have read it. In December of uh, 1914, the war was still young, and there was a naive hope that the war would be short-lived and that those who were fighting would soon return to their families. During that Christmas Eve, 1914, opposing armies along the borders of France and and Belgium threw down their arms and they came together across front lines to sing carols, to exchange gifts, to eat together. They even played a, a friendly game of soccer. It all started when German soldiers lit candles on small Christmas trees and the troops serenaded one another with carols. As the power of Christmas grew among them, peace began to prevail. When their superior officers ordered them to recommence their shooting, many of the men began to shoot aimlessly high overhead. Peace itself 
asserted itself into the, into the mix of a, a horrible war as if to remind us that peace is always possible. If anything, Scripture gives us hope that peace can and, and will come in spite of our inclinations otherwise. Our scripture for today from Isaiah appeals to, to Israel to consider its part in making the world a more peaceful place. The prophet paints a, a picture of Mount Zion and all nations streaming to it. Now, it was a revolutionary thought. Picture it. The nations streaming toward God. As you know, streams don't flow up the side of a mountain. It just doesn't take place. What the prophet was talking about was nothing short of miraculous, this sort of peace that was prophesied. There on Mount Zion, God would instruct all people so that they would walk in His ways. The fact that the whole world was involved is, is the Old Testament version of the Great Commission. You remember that it was Jesus who said, Go therefore into all the world and make disciples. Whenever I, I read Isaiah, I find myself asking, Who is the prophet addressing? Is he speaking to the people of his own time or to those of another day, including our own day? Dr. Gene Tucker writes that the dimension of that horizon varies from the immediate to the distant. For those of us who believe in Jesus, we understand that, that God's desire to gather the whole world, Jew and Gentile alike, was tied to the coming of His Son. And we know that His Son has come, and we rejoice in that and find ourselves uh, looking forward with great anticipation to, to, to that dawning, not only on our lives anew, but, but to the entire world. The hope of peace that comes through Jesus Christ extends to all people, including you and me. I've always been taken by the image found in, uh, in our passage for today of, of instruments of war being beaten into instruments of peace, swords into, into plowshares and, and spears into pruning hooks. Now that looks forward to a, a day when instruments of war are refashioned to meet the needs of people. I've read that if you totaled all that had been spent on war over the past 3,500 years, you could fashion a, a gold band around the circumference of the, of the world 100 miles wide and, and 30 feet deep, beating swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks for all times is a matter of intentionality. Peace requires a, a lot more than the, the simple naivete of your average beauty queen who hopes for what? World peace. Peace requires work. Peace requires sacrifice. Peace demands that we consider the perspective of the other person. 
it certainly demands that we listen and that we listen well and that we find ourselves ready to respond. It above all things requires that we give ourselves to the one who comes to bring peace. That really becomes the the fundamental challenge to each and every one of us as we seek to be agents of peace, that we find ourselves given over to the very Prince of Peace. While peace can begin with you and me, as that song asserts, true peace begins with Christ. In Christ's name, in Christ's power, it comes to you and me to spread peace however, whenever, and wherever we can. Jesus stands to to empower us, to promote peace. Jesus seeks to to guide our way. Jesus kindles something deep within our hearts that not only completes our lives and makes them peaceful, but then prepares us and enables us to go forth to be agents of peace. Jesus gives us the words to share and the actions, the very actions, to back them up. It's not just enough to to talk about peace. You and I need to work for peace. And so we might ask ourselves, how is that going in our own lives? How are we working for peace? As we said often over the, the, the past weeks, this is a very fractious time in which we live. We, we know that to, to be the case. It doesn't take a, a whole lot for, for things to, to flash into conflict these days. You've probably experienced that in one form or fashion, whether it's been in a conversation with, with someone you know, maybe somebody that you don't know. It may be that you've evidenced the, the sort of destruction that has gone on in, in varied cities around our, our country. We've all experienced a, a lack of peace uh, in this present time in which we live. So how is it that you have handled such things? How is it when you've been challenged to do otherwise, challenged to do any, anything other than to be peaceful? How have you acted? How have you spoken? And how is your relationship with Jesus, the Prince of Peace, made a difference in all of that. The very refrain for our passage for today calls on us to come and walk in the light of the, war- of the Lord. The light of our God shines through His Son to brighten even the darkest, most con- conflict-riddled world. And indeed, we, uh, we find ourselves here at the very, very first Sunday of Advent, looking so forward with all excitement and all anticipation for the very Son of God to break into our lives and into the life of the world to the place where His peace is very much a part of all that is going on. Later on, we'll, we'll talk during this very season about the, the, the angels and, and what they said to the shepherds the night that Jesus was born. We all remember that. Glory to God in the highest 
and on earth peace to those upon whom his favor rests. And on earth peace. We, uh, we look forward to that peace coming. And even here at the very beginning of Advent, we know that that peace only comes as the very Prince of Peace becomes Lord of our lives. While we may feel we can't make a difference, particularly on a global level, we can influence those people and those situations around us. Our vision statement here at, at St. John talks about us making a difference, making a difference by, by following Christ, offering hope, serving others, and loving everyone. These are the things that make for peace. These are the things that really do make a difference and have the potential to change things near to where we are and far, even stretching beyond where we are to around the world. And so the question comes to each and every one of us, how are you promoting peace? How are you promoting peace at, at home, at school, or at work? You see, when it comes down to promoting peace, you're, you're either promoting it or you're not. The Apostle Paul says in, in Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with everyone. And of course, Jesus has a much clearer statement, a, a statement that challenges us to no end. It's, it's from Matthew uh, chapter 5, verse 9, one of the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Peacemakers, then, are those who promote peace as far as, at, as far as it depends upon them, and by so doing reflect the character of their heavenly Father and are thereby marked as His own. May it be that you and I are counted among those who see the signs of God the very sign of God's peace, Christ our Lord, that beckons us to promote peace near and far. May it be that we are peacemakers, and in that we then are reckoned as, very, as the very children of God. Let's pray together. Blessed God, we thank you for this grand season upcoming. We thank you for the opportunity to look forward with all anticipation to your movement in our lives. We pray, O oh God, that you would indeed uh, do with us what you will. And above all, Lord, we pray that uh, in the power of your Spirit that you move us to the place where we are squarely founding our lives upon your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Prince of Peace. And as we found our lives upon him, we pray, Lord, that we become agents of your peace. Lord, we seek to come before you and to live in your light. And as we live in you through Christ, 
May it be that we are as you would have us to be. Your light, your love, and your agents of peace wherever we may find ourselves. God, we do ask this prayer in the name of Christ, thanking you, Lord, for your very presence with us, not only now as we worship you, but as we seek to move through these days of Advent. Come, Lord, come in a mighty and profound way as we seek 